0: You know, one of the things that Wanda brings up about being thankful, you know, that's one of the things we do with November, isn't it? With Thanksgiving coming up, we're, we're thankful for all that, that, that God has given us, the relationships that we have, the, the jobs we have, the, you know, the different activities that we are able to do. Last year, we had a wall in Wesley Hall, which is a building, Next to us, that we had, a, it was a give thanks wall. We're not doing that this year, mainly because there's a big TV, where that where we had the wall last year, and we have a bunch of artwork and, and pictures on the other walls. But if you are on social media, invite you to uh, join with us as we do kind of a social media experiment. Uh, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, use the hashtag uh, hashtag this the you know, the little plus sign, or the we used to call it a pound sign growing up. Uh, use that and then put, first, uh, give thanks. Uh, and then put that on your post so we can give thanks together for all that God has done. I know we have some families that are already posting things that they're thankful for, and I love seeing uh, those posts. But that way we can celebrate together everything that we are, are thankful for. Because sometimes life can get us down you know, if you're like me, but it's always a good reminder to say that we have a lot more to give thanks for than we may realize. So invite you to be a part of that and do that over the next uh, few weeks as we move closer to Thanksgiving. Would you please go to God in prayer with me? Oh, God, we thank you for the many blessings that you have given us, and we thank you for the opportunity again just to gather as your people. So, Lord, as we uh, prepare to hear your word, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, something else that I've been thankful for is uh, last week we had Youth Sunday, and, and I am just so proud of all of our youth. They did such an amazing job leading us in song, leading us in word, just doing all the other aspects of the service. I got to sit next to Tracy, my wife, which is something that I Never get to do it because there's no way in the world I can get her to sit up here beside me during worship. But uh, it, it was great to be able to sit with her. It was so funny after the second service, I, I, I came up and did uh, some closing announcements before uh, Kinley did the benediction. And somebody walked up to me after the service and says, "Man, I thought you were gone. I didn't see you at all." I said, "Yes, that worked." Because it was the youth service. But, but I have to take issue with one thing uh, in the service last week. It was the closing song. It was a song called Brand New by, by uh, Ben Rector. It was a song about 19, uh, 2015, I think, was when the song came out. And there was a line in that song that says, I feel like a young John Cusack... Like making big mistakes. So I sat there and I went, How many of the youth actually know who John Cusack is? <laughs> Katie? No. Nick? Ellie, do you know? You even sang it. You were singing it. You and Sarah, you, no idea who John Cusack is. Now, I, I'm, a, I'm a, any other youth in here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kinley? Yes. You, you know, because. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Like me, Heather is a child of the 80s. So we, we saw uh, 16 candles, uh, better off dead. And then, of course, this picture here is the iconic picture from the movie Anything. Say Anything. Yeah. John Cusack was kind of this loner, loser-ish type of guy, and say anything, his goal was to become a, a kickboxer, professional kickboxer. You know, that, that was his, his big point. So when I think of the song and that line, I feel like a young John Kuzak, like making big mistakes. I'm going, absolutely, I know exactly what what Ben Rector is talking about. In an interview that he did shortly, I did some research on this because I was like trying to figure out why in the world did Ben Rector, who is 31 years old now, and I think he was 28 or 29 when he wrote the song, why did he have this line in there? And he, he said this in the interview, two things happen when I sing that line. Fans who are younger than me we get to it, and they don't know who John Kuzak is. I think we proved that point. okay? And then he said, people who are older than me, I'm like, I bet they don't even think I know who John Kuzak is. And he goes on in the interview saying, I guess he was in this movie called Say Anything. So he didn't really know who John Cusack was. Now, there's, there's a point to that. Sometimes we can hold on to a figure or, or add a figure into a song or into a quote that we don't really know exactly who that person is. We have a tendency to do that with Scripture, too. We know, we can say the name of characters in the Bibles easily, but do we really understand who they are. What what significance do they have for our lives today? So I was planning on doing a series on Abraham, and that was just the perfect illustration that launches into, you know, sometimes I don't really think we fully understand who Abraham is. If you grew up in church, you may have, you know, sang the song, Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons. You all know that, that song? And you have, like, the hand motions and everything, which absolutely tell us nothing about who Abraham is. Why but to to <laughs> that's, why, that's why you go to Sunday school, Exactly. Yeah, but we have these, have these moments where we, where we talk about people, or, or, or we share their story, but we don't really know who they are. Our series for the next four weeks called Abraham, Flawed and Faithful, because if we really take a look at Scripture, I believe that we see ourselves in Scripture, and I see that there are things in Abraham's life or John's life or Paul's life or name the Bible character's life that we can say, you know what, I can feel that too. I've had that apart. And the truth of the matter is we're all flawed. All of us, every single one of us have fallen short. But the one thing I know about Roy City First United Methodist Church And the one thing that I know about our lives is that even though we may be flawed, we try to stay faithful to what it is that God has called us to do. So we're going to talk a little bit about Abraham over the next four weeks. And in order to fully understand Abraham's story, it really starts up in chapter 12 of Genesis. But you have to go back to chapter 11. 11 gives us the introduction to who Abraham was. We had, right before even chapter 11, we had the great flood where where Noah and his sons were on the ark, and the ark landed, and have some stories about Noah. But then in chapter 11, it gives the genealogies of the sons of Noah. And in chapter 11, there's a genealogy of Shem's son. And about the eighth person in that genealogy is a guy by the name of Terah. He is the eighth uh, lair of sons of, of Shem, and he had three other sons. He had Haran, he had uh, let's see, Nahor, and he had Abraham. Now, Haran, he died And Nahor stayed behind, but Terah took Abraham and Haran's son Lot, and they moved from Ur to a new city long, long, far, far away called Haran. And it was there, after Abraham was about 75 years old, that a message from God comes. And that is where the story of Abraham starts. So I invite you to go to the very beginning of that story, to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And you can follow along on the screen or you can follow along in your Bibles. Here's what the Scripture has for us this morning. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your land, your family, and your father's household, For the land that I will show you, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and those who curse you, I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we start off this story with a journey. We start off this story with Abraham being called by God, or at this time it's Abram being called by God to to leave his family, leave everything that is familiar and go to a distant land, go somewhere where he has no idea where he is headed. So the very first thing that we must understand is that when God calls us, we have to leave where we are. And sometimes that's painful. And sometimes that's that's frightening. Sometimes that's so mind-boggling that we wonder why in the world is God calling us to do that? In order to follow God, we must take a journey. We, we can't stay where we are. And that, sometimes that's difficult because it means we have to leave something or someone behind. Now, this story of Abraham isn't the only place where we have a story where we have to leave something behind. We even see this as we get into the Gospels. In the Gospel of Luke, the 18th chapter, Jesus is talking to a a rich young ruler who's very proud of himself because he feels like he has everything all put together. And so he asks Jesus, what is it that I am supposed to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know what the prophets and what the writers say that, you know, you don't commit adultery, you don't steal, you don't murder, you, you honor your father and your mother. And the lawmaker or the rich ruler says, you know, I've done all of those things. And Jesus looks and says, you know, there's one thing that you haven't done. You need to take all of your possessions and you need to sell them And he needed to give everything you have to the poor. And when Jesus said those words to the rich young man, he dropped his head and he walked away, knowing that he couldn't get rid of those things that had him fully in trapped. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go out immediately and sell every single thing you have, but I think what Jesus is saying here is that it's so easy to get caught up in a philosophical debate about what it means to to follow Jesus, but when the rubber meets the road, it is very hard for us to let Go of those things that, that entrap us. For, for the rich young man, it was all of his wealth, all of his finances. For us, it could be something totally different. It could be a viewpoint. It could be a, a political agenda. It could be just the stuff that we may have around us. Anything that causes us to to not be focused on who God is prevents us from saying this is what it means to follow Jesus. It can get us to a point where we are afraid to move because if we move even one inch, we will lose our identity. We will lose who we feel like that we are called to be instead of moving out and living as Christ has called us to live. See, the one thing that the rich young ruler forgot and the one thing that I believe Abraham really held on to is that through this journey, he knew that God was with him that through all of the different terrain and all of the different traveling, he knew that God was there with him. Now, for the rich young ruler, he probably looked at all of this and saying, I don't have my stuff, I don't have anything. But instead, if he would have realized that Jesus was there, that Jesus was calling him out to live a full life, he would have had that assurance Paul talks about this in Philippians 3, 13, where he says, forgetting what is behind and straining for what's ahead. See, we need to forget everything that is behind us, and we need to strain for for what God has before us. And that can be a two-edged sword, can't it? Some of the things that we want to hold on to, we we treasure, we we value with all that we have. But there's some things that we hold on to that's painful, and when we hold on to those painful things, it fails to allow us to live in the promises that God has for us. It's a reminder that over. And over again, when we fail, when we mess up, when when we hold ourselves too high, that we just try and try again. The prophet Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 41.10, Don't fear, for I am with you. This is God speaking to Isaiah. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Traveling is difficult. Moving from one part of our life to another can be frightening. But when we know that God's righteous right hand is there with us, we are able to live in the power of God to help us through those dark and difficult times. The last thing that we know about Abraham in this particular passage is that God said that Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. And my friends, every single one of us, we are blessed. And our blessings are to be a blessing to the world around us us. Last year, we made a huge step as Royce City First United Methodist Church during Christmas. Uh, last year, we uh, made a decision to—the uh, the, the leadership made a decision to help support two different ministries with our, our Christmas Eve offering, and this is something that we've done year after year. But this year— um, We've been heavily involved with Davis Elementary School, and one of their uh, principals, a member of our church, and I was talking to her about the school, and she was sharing with me about her school meal program, about how when a student hits a $25 uh, credit, not credit, but a bill, or when they owe $25 over what uh, their balance should be, then they are no longer able to get a, a hot meal at the school. Instead, the uh, kitchen aides, they put together two slices of bread and a piece of cheese, and they put that on a plate with a, a little uh, thing of pint of milk. And uh, they are given, that's given to the students. And when Rachel told me that, I, I remember saying, Hello. well, that doesn't sound fair. That's that's not right for those kids. How are they able to learn? How are they able to keep their energy during the day? And Rachel was like, "Some of them do, some of them don't." So we prayed about it as a church and as leadership, and we said, "You know what? Let's use our Christmas Eve offering to help offset those students who cannot pay for their lunch." A few weeks ago, I emailed uh, the superintendent of the schools, Kevin Worthy, and I said, Kevin, I have a wild idea. What, what exactly is the amount of how much students owe for their meals? And, and he emailed me this, uh, this chart here, and it is kind of hard to read, I know. Uh, but these are the different schools in the Royce City ISD and the amount that they owed at the end of the 2017-2018 school year. And if we look at some of the figures, it's, it, it makes my, my mouth just drop. That these kids, if you were to take each of these figures and divide it by 25, that would show you how many kids were going without a meal at these different schools. But there's a positive moment on this slide. If you look at the very last line item, number 102, it says Davis Elementary. What number do you see there? A zero. And that is because of Royce City, First United Methodist Church. It's because you gave it away so you could be a blessing. Because you know, we know that we are blessed to be Royce City First United Methodist Church. We were able to pass that blessing on to other students. So we talked to the church council, and and I came up with another harebrained idea. For this Christmas, instead of just thinking about Davis Elementary School, what if we were to take our entire Christmas Eve offering and give it to Royce City ISD so January 1, or the first day back in school in January, every single kid can clear out their balances and every kid can have a warm meal during school. Because one of the things that we know is that for those kids who have a balance or who have maxed out at 25, they're either getting something that's so subpar that it's hard for them to concentrate, and that may be the only meal that they get during the day. But even if they were in middle school or in high school, I bet you they even just skip the, skip the lunch line because they do not want to be embarrassed to get a piece, couple of pieces of bread At a slice of cheese. So here's my challenge for you, and for Tracy and I, and for all of those who will be coming to our Christmas Eve services, to think about what it is that you spend for Thanksgiving dinner and for Christmas dinner. And go ahead and have your Thanksgiving and have your. I'm not telling you not to have Thanksgiving and Christmas, but. Take that amount and on Christmas Eve bring it to the Christmas Eve services and place it in the offering plate so that every single dime that comes in for Christmas Eve we give to Roy City ISD. So hopefully at the end of 2018 2019, when, when Kevin Worthy gives me that report of lunches, that every single school has a zero, which will mean that every single student had a meal for lunch from January 4th or 8th or whatever the first day of school is in the spring all the way to the end of school. What a way to take the blessings that God has given us to be a blessing for others. I'll be sending out more information about that, but I wanted to start getting that into your mind so as you start planning for your meals, think about how can I be a blessing to the students in our community so they have more, so that they can be effective, growing leaders. And we can support our teachers in a very tangible way by providing meals for our kids. You know, one of the ways that we're able to do that is because of a meal that we celebrate every month. And that's this meal at this table. This this holy communion of bread and of of cup. And as we gather around this table, we remember that Jesus was a blessing poured out that blessing on each and every one of us so that we may have life and have life abundantly. So as we come to the table, I invite you to think about the blessings that God has given you and how you can help support our children and how you can help support one another as we continue to grow in our faith. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, As we continue to talk about Abraham and as you ask him to take a huge step of faith, to leave security, to leave family, to go and move to a new land, that when he he did that, you blessed him. So, God, we continue to ask as a church that you call us to, to step out again in faith. And help us to use the blessings that you have given us to be a blessing for others. As we come to this table, strengthen us so that we may be of service to you and to others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.